<laughs> trade trademark infringement and copyrights. And it's also, um, you know, when you, when you like call up somewhere and you get the whole music that sounds like the cheap Christmas cards. <laughs> yeah. Here's my, we're going to start the Sports Car Safari podcast with another rant from Andrew. So welcome, everybody. But here's <laughs> my rant. Company like British Telecom, BT, you'd think that they could actually just arrange some decent hold music, just have the radio or something on that you could actually listen to a podcast or, a, you know, something. Instead, yeah. they loop the same section of song over and over for 20 minutes. Anyway, <laughs> good way to get started. Welcome, everybody. Sports Car Safari podcast. Co-editor, Andrew Coles, Luke Jackson. How are you, sir? I'm good. Um, big week, but great. Doing well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hmm. What's it... Uh, we need to, obviously, it's becoming a bit of a thing now. We need to discuss the respective weather in our locations. What's it like in Adelaide, South Australia at the moment? Glorious day, but going to be a horrible weekend. So hmm. what do you do? <laughs> Worst of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's okay. Um, you're starting to get cold there now, aren't you? As you can tell by what I'm wearing. Mm. It is... Uh, Winter is coming. The daylight is shrinking. It has been raining a lot. It actually, to be fair, hasn't been super cold, but it is. I went running the other night about 5 p.m. and there was a, a thick mist had settled on all of the farmland. And you're like, yeah, this is this is our future for the next six months. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> so, photography. Yeah. We thought we'd have a bit of a, a chat about photography in all its forms. Um, I would like to stress, and I think Luke will back me up on this, <laughs> this is in no way claiming that we are in any way good photographers, pros, all of the above, not claiming that. But we do do a fair bit of it. So it is, you know, cool to have a chat. And people have questions and, yeah. So Well, yeah, I have one, actually, something that tweaked it for me is at the last rally, um, oh, we were up at Mount Gambier, Um someone came up to spectate, they come up to me and started speaking to me about cameras and what do I recommend they get and what do they do and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it, it really, I guess, um, kind of hit home that so many people uh, just take photos with a camera, like with a phone camera and don't have any idea where to even start, I guess, shooting cars or photography in general um, and especially motorsport stuff. There's stuff that you learn over the years of... Um, what works and what doesn't work when trying to <laughs> shoot something moving. <laughs> yeah. Or stationary, as or it stationary. may be in some cases. So, or yeah. stationary. Or mm. people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was. I thought it would be really cool to, I guess, yeah, do something around, centred around that a little bit. And, mm. um, yeah, just kind of go through some stuff and go through what we've learned. And, yeah. And if anyone does have any questions or, or comments, do put them in the chat, be it be it YouTube or Facebook. Um, we, we get them feeding through. So or Instagram. We'll, I'm on the ground. Or Instagram. We'll do our best to answer. And if we can't, we will redirect your question to someone who is vastly more experienced and hopefully we can <laughs> get an answer. So um, We almost need, like, Mark Williams for, like, the technical, like. Mm, a panel. A panel. Photographer's panel. panel. Yeah. So yeah. when I've got this ISO setting and this shutter speed at this light, what do we do? And be good. Yeah, just wing it. <laughs> just take it and have a look. Actually, that's the really interesting thing. Um, uh, I uh, I bought a film camera the other day. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the family. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need to get my tweed hat on and like pull my roll my jeans up a little bit. <laughs> mm. 
Mm. No, I don't actually because uh, Felix actually made a comment on my Facebook about like, you know, why shoot film when you shoot digital? I think he was quoting me or something. I, I, I don't yeah. I don't remember saying that, that why, why shoot film when you have digital? I think you did. I, I, I think you vaguely I remember one, that. I, I remember you having a bit of a crack at, at why. And I don't, well, I don't have time for that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't. But it's more, um, but I've actually shot film for quite a while. So <laughs> Dad, Dad's got an OM1 that I shot film on. Um, back in the day, would have been 15, 16, I think. I was shooting film on a Nikon F55 that was my sister's mm-hmm. 35mm film camera. Um, yep. Had some decent lenses, went and shot some rally stuff, shot a whole heap of Adela- uh, classic Adelaide rally, mm-hmm. uh, heaps. I used to have my whole um, bedroom wall covered in photos <laughs> that I took, which was cool, like lots of cool ones. I actually got some here. Literally before it was cool. Yeah, before it was well cool. And um, and so I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm uh, going, going, mm, what do you say, joining the fad. Just coming back to it. <laughs> so what is the fad? Because I've got my own personal idea, interpretation of what the fad is. So from your perspective, what's the point of film? Oh, why? Uh, um, why? Uh, I think I think the process of photography gets lost and it's too easy to take photos now. So having something that's expensive and having something that's difficult and something that you don't get instant gratification on is probably really, is, is a really therapeutic thing um mm. uh yeah uh, we had uh, i took it along on sunday to uh my goddaughter now my niece's uh baptism and i took some photos on that and samuel was like show me the picture i'm like you can't buddy like you can't see it and he's like what Oh, you got a new camera. <laughs> <laughs> my five-year-old nephew was the same when I was shooting my film camera back in Australia last year. And he, yeah, you took a photo of him and he's, he literally couldn't understand why I couldn't see the photo. He just couldn't process it. He, he thought I was having a joke on him. Yeah, he just yeah. couldn't get it. I was like, yeah. just, just is the way it is. Sorry, mate. Yeah, but anyway. And yeah, yeah. someone just pop in. Hey. Ah, speaking, <laughs> speaking of good photographers. <laughs> hey, we were talking about film and slow paced, and that's definitely more me than good photographers. <laughs> I do apologize for crashing this party, and I apologize for, uh, yeah, everything. I apologize for my lockdown hair and probably bad internet again, but, we'll, you know, we'll give this another go. Hey, um, sorry. Alistair, we should introduce Alistair Brook, Wheels Australia, Bauer. Photographer, how are you? Changed now. It's changed. Media. Oh, wow. Did you miss um, that press release? And I, and I checked. I checked the press release just so I can actually say this. Yeah, no, no it's our <laughs> media now. Our uh, media. So, yeah, because oh. Bauer used to own us. We're now owned by Mercury, and so yeah, we we renamed. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, <laughs> I'll put it that stop, way. Stop doing that. You're making Andrew jealous. <laughs> well, I wish I had the like, over-the-top headphones that I could put on to keep it at bay, but I can't. I've just dealt with these. <laughs> you could just wrap them around a couple of times. I'm sure. yeah, yeah, I've got yeah, a hat. Yeah. I might have to take a recess and get a hat. <laughs> wow, our media. So this is part of the great, um, the great, uh, I guess, what would you call it, COVID shuffle of 2020 that anyone in business is currently Oof. going through, where everything's on the table and everything's up for negotiation. You've got to be agile, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but anyway, we're here, yeah. to, we're here to talk 
talk film. Do you shoot film, Alistair? Um, I have in the past, and I see its merits. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really good to slow things down, especially if uh, you do it as a job or you do it as study, and it can sometimes um, you can sometimes lose sight of what you're doing it for. So yeah, I, I, I shoot I shoot film. Yeah. yeah. I was the same. That, that's kind of how I got into it. Because when you do it as a job, I, we went on a holiday and I was like, I was, I've just been shooting during the week and now we're in Europe on holiday and I'm same camera, same gear, same. And it just felt like work. So that the film camera is still allows you to, to have that creative outlet that just detaches from, you know, from work to, to, to sort of a hobby. And yeah, you're right. It slows you down. You, you need to think about everything, especially when you're in, you know, like something that's full manual with no auto modes or anything like that. It's, everything is a carefully considered decision and some of them are poorly considered decisions but <laughs> yeah it is a learning process and, and it gets a bit expensive if you're putting everything full manual to start off with so unless you've got a light meter but yeah i it's it's good i it's i can draw connections one of the big hobbies that i've got into more this year is is vinyl i've i've had vinyl for a couple of years but um i bought another turntable so i could actually mix things together i'm not a dj i'm not a dj, I'm not a DJ. What's your isn't, that a, isn't there actually a dj called not a djs or am i missing that yeah i'm sure there is, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I there is yeah um but it's again it's uh, just a different pace of listening to the music it was very easy mm. to consume things and that takes away from the value of a lot of it uh, photography too like you you can put up a photo that you've spent so long on Instagram and it's worth three seconds of someone's attention. Mm. Um, and with Spotify, you don't even have to own the music to, to listen to endlessly <laughs> listen to it. And so to yeah. bring it back to square one where you've got this tangible thing and there's artwork and someone's thought about it and you can mm. physically see the song and where you want to put the needle on. And, and it, mm. I mean, I'd, yeah, I'm going to try and avoid the, avoid the word vibe but I haven't, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, like on a lazy weekend afternoon, you got a beer in hand, and you're just like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is great. I mean, it's it's different than listening to Spotify, and the same thing you applies know, with photography. Spotify, it's interesting comparison. I'm going to get a hat. Two seconds. That's <laughs> right. I was say, and I'm just going to say, we're going to try and avoid becoming a, a group of ranting old men ranting about the future. But the, well, back in but my the thing day. was, back in my day. No, but the thing with Spotify is, it's a very true one that you just you consume it as, as sort of background music. And I found, you know, with the, the box that has a CD player. Ah, oh, ace choice of hat, by the way. Roof, roof hat. I do do approve. Oh, but uh, God, yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> what am I? What have I become? I don't know. <laughs> you need to. You know, you are allowed into South Australia now. So if you need to, yeah. no, we're not. Get out. Yes, you are. Oh no, where are you? In Victoria. Oh yeah. Oh no, no you're. Great. I'm not even allowed outside my five k's of my home. Let alone Victoria. No, I was just quickly saying yeah, that yeah. the box that we the box that has a CD player and it's not quite records, but you actually listen to a CD like a body of work, you know, an album as an artist has intended it to be listened to, not a Spotify oh, playlist that just automatically sort of. And it's actually been really fun. So anyway, we're talking about photos, not ranting about things. Um, but yeah. Sorry. Question. Oh, Sidetrack. Sidetrack. You go. The five, the five kilometers you're allowed out of your house. Is that an actual GPS five kilometers, or is that a French and Italian car odometer five kilometers that might actually be like eight or something like that? Times one point six. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's a, as the crow flies, big uh, bubble. 
And I've done a lot of I've I've screenshotted what my five Ks is so I can yeah. do things. <laughs> I've um I've found that my speciality mechanic for my Clio was it within my five K. So it was triple it was triple legal because not only was it within my five Ks, but I also it was a speciality mechanic, which is also allowed apparently. And then on top of that, my car has an airbag light. And so on top of that, it's like three times legal. So legal. I felt, I felt well, very well behaved taking my <laughs> car to get service, which came back, oddly enough, still with the uh, airbag light on. But um, yeah. it, is, it is French after all. <laughs> I delivered like that. It just wants you to know that it's there still, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the other car uh, is is ready for pickup it, the, the good thing about lockdown one of the very few things is um if you're not seeing one of your cars for ages you can you can send it away for for major works and it doesn't really take an impact because you can't see it anyway so yeah. um, that's coming back tomorrow and now the problem is that I, the car's finished and i won't be able to see it so it's a double <laughs> sword. Um, i've instructed the person who's picking it up to send me lots of pictures of it so hopefully <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Sure. Sorry, yeah, back on track. Yeah, sorry. It's, again, not photography, but photography. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Right. This Andrew, how did what did done. you start off with? I started off with the humble Nikon D ninety. Um, was that the first or did you have like a parents one or something? Or not really. No, no. That was like your no, first uh, no, I actually, actually, no, my first cam was, was a borrowed one. I, I borrowed a, a Canon something or other off a mate at uni mm. um, when I didn't really shoot and went out, had made some rally friends and they said, come out and have a look and sort of figured out that well, I might as well take some photos. And my mate had just got this camera. So I borrowed that and went out and took some photos and thought this is kind of fun. And then, yeah, put some money together and picked up a D90 kit lens and embarked on a... That's, that's balling. Well, I wish of. I could have had a D90. <laughs> I wish I could have had a D90. I've still got my first yeah. SLR. I got a D80. D80. Big players. Yeah, yeah. ballers. That yeah. Was pretty cool. What did you start off with? I had a D60. <laughs> D60. Oh. oh. Yeah, the the Pov pack. Um, that's all <laughs> I can scratch together. Got those wind up yeah. windows on it. But look, it was digital, yeah. and that was that was big for me. So you know. Yes. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. But we're just making the point that. I my, my unshaken belief that I, from from day one almost is is that photography is time and place like that that's it and and kind of I mean I'm not going to be one of these guys that says oh it doesn't matter about your gear and whatever you've got is fine like because it does it does but <laughs> in the same but at the same time it's also time and place and getting yourself in front of the right subjects at the right time is half the battle and I kind of learned that early on with rally photography it's, you know you go and drive the stages you'd you try and make a guess about how the cars were going to behave at certain points you know is this tree root going to kind of kick a wheel up then you'd look at the itinerary you'd make a, a judgment well is it worth wasting half the day to get into this spot and park up for six hours because i'm going to be locked in to get this photo or should i go to three other less interesting spots you know you make all of these decisions and and then you kind of end up on a corner and the car goes past and you either get your photo or you don't. So it's like actually, the, you know, the art of rally photography, two thirds of it is before you even press the shutter button. And I think that still holds true regardless of what you're shooting on. If you're shooting on a phone or if you're shooting on a D60 or whatever it is, time and place is very important. I think a lot of people overlook that sometimes. Um, 
Yeah. Silence. Well, I'm only going to be spoken. I'm only going to speak when I'm spoken to. <laughs> well behaved. No, it's no. not my podcast. <laughs> so I can mute well, you if, if I don't like what you're saying, Alistair. That's not a problem. Well, it's easily the most experienced photographer. Out there. You I might as well do that now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I think there's a lot of element of that, and and we'll get into gear later. But yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot that you know, and it's any photographer can do before they even walk into a camera shop, you know, in terms of getting good photos, you can, you can do that with your phone. Um, you know, I use the example, Luke and I were chatting offline earlier and it's, you know, think of that 911 GT one that's just turned up in Adelaide. Oh. Amazing car, you know, it's insane, but you know, imagine why if you got can't a, I see that thing. <laughs> I know. Why can't I see that? Thing? But yeah, but like, think about if you if you got a shoot of that in Rundle Street, which is the cafe strip in Adelaide, and and you got it there with all the diners and everyone sort of swarming around this GT One car in Rundle Street, you could shoot that on anything you liked, and it would break the internet. You could shoot that on an iPhone four. But mm. the hard part about that shoot is, okay, you've got to work out who the owner is, which very few people know. You've got to somehow meet him, convince him that you're legit. You've got to convince him to bring the car out for the shoot. You've got to arrange the permits. You've got to get the car there. You've got to get the time. You've got to wait for the right light. So all of that stuff goes into a successful shoot that has nothing to do with the gear that you use or, or your abilities behind the camera. And yeah, I think people starting can, you know, take well, a bit of that attitude with a phone. That's and composition, go, isn't it? That's where you're starting to get yeah. into composition with stuff. Yeah. And, th and that's where like, I guess shooting, like not going out and buying the best camera when you start is really handy mm. because having poor equipment almost sometimes forces you to be mindful of that. You can't just like spray and pray. You have to actually mm. yeah. you know, take your time, Definitely. look, see. Yeah. I plan. Just bang it down to F1.4 and blur the background and away you go. I, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I'm a terrible person and I get jealous very easily. And the thing that I get jealous of more is opportunity rather than gear yeah like if i see mm. something cool that you know people are involved or it's very circumstantial i'll be like i wish i was there rather than i wish i had what they're shooting on yeah well i think well i think we, we spoke about this last time you were on the podcast that you know I, i'm a massive fan of alex penfold's work and he actually shoots on relatively basic gear but through a lot of hard work he gets himself into those opportunities and situations to shoot the the ridiculous cars in yeah. the most ridiculous places and <laughs> you know that has nothing to do with the gear that he has <laughs> so yeah yeah I, I heard some of the stories um from his australian visit and it just sounded out of control <laughs> some, <laughs> some of the stuff that he was being offered and got told to do and and yeah i mean he definitely couldn't operate at that capacity at a large corporate professional level like like us put it that way you know, it's definitely a, definitely a get in get out sort of Great registration what <laughs> anyway. well i mean i didn't see a registration on that 996 in melbourne but sure <laughs> um but yeah it's it yeah it yeah, the circumstantial thing is, is great. And, and one of the things that I've found recently is um, and maybe perhaps as a form of escapism, I've been following the Tour de France when it was on. And mm. three of the photographers, is it three of the photographers that I follow um, were shooting it? And again, uh, it's much like what Andrew was saying, where you wonder if they just camp out there all day. I mean, the tour doesn't turn around, doesn't stop. Um, and you... <laughs> And generally, you can't overtake them on the same road. So you've either got to 
try and find a shortcut and go around them. Um, but it's I, I want to give them a shout. It's uh, three three accounts. It's Cycling Images. Um, mm -hmm. Heavens above. Oh, gosh, my phone. What are you doing? Uh, Jared <laughs> Gruber. Yeah, so it's Cycling mm -hmm. Images, Called Photo, and Jared Gruber. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone who wants to um, do car photography, just look at their stuff. They don't shoot cars. They shoot cycling. Yeah. But it's the most amazing photography yeah. on on the road i mean yeah obviously we've got our own great yeah. car photographers but, but yeah don't confine yourself to and your inspirations to people who are shooting the same things as you because mm. in fact I, you'll I, just start looking like other people doing what you're doing in your own industry mm. i'd actually argue that you should follow other people actually into your cycling one i'd throw um beardy mcbeard as well um, he's McBeard. a beardy mcbeard is a tasmanian um based cycling photographer but he usually goes across for most of the major events and he does a um during definitely during the giro d'italia and the tour de france he does a uh like a daily blog where he actually sort of blogs their day of chasing um you lose you lose hours in his daily blog, but, <laughs> but yeah but it's I find, I find actually i've tried to shoot bikes a little bit and i found it very difficult because a car is a sort of a solid blocky object whereas a bike is very narrow and you can see through it so it just makes the background even more important any distractions in the background you can't obscure yeah, okay. with, mm -hmm. with the block it's yeah it's very very difficult what about but the anyway. shutter speed it, it would probably have to be quite fast if you're not going to get the legs constantly just well, i don't know about people's <laughs> cadences but um... <laughs> Yeah. So as they're coming down, you're just like, don't move your legs. Hang on. <laughs> Hold it. <laughs> just roll through, people. Just roll through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just hate. But fixing. once again, I mean, in, in Adelaide, I mean, there's there's amateur cycling stuff on every weekend. You know, you've you've mm. got the tour done under every January. There's nothing stopping you from going out and you know spending. You know, same as rally prep and rally photography, and I guess cycling's the same. It's all in. In the preparation, it's driving the roads backwards to see where the vistas and the views are. It's that's the time invested there is is where the dividends are paid, and mm. and then you know it's and that doesn't require you walking into Ted's cameras and dropping five grand on a lens. That's just your time in in research, and you know so. Mm. Well, I got anyway. to I got to start doing that soon again anyway. Adelaide rally, so Adelaide rally, definitely, definitely got to. Big yeah. bit of recce to do. <laughs> <laughs> the entire event. <laughs> but the recce's fun. Recce's good fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, Andrew. Yes. Starting out, taking photos, posting them online, what was something you wish you knew then that you know now? That's a good question. Hmm. Um, I didn't give you any time I, to think about it. Did you not discuss these questions beforehand? <laughs> yeah, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew wrote a whole lot and I just went. You clearly uh, don't know how we operate. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, look, I, I guess two, two points. I, I think it's a very valid decision to make early on if you want to do this as a career or if you want to do it for fun. Um, I think that's a very because once you do start to do it as a career, it doesn't become as much fun. Um, so if it's your escape from your job, to to be very honest with yourself about you know, let's be real, you're not going to make much money. You if if you make a living and can afford to have you know 
I don't know, a nice car in the garage or something, then you're doing better than the average. So, so if you're someone that wants to, you know, be comfortable and make decent money, then, then, you know, keep it as a hobby. Actually, the one thing going back now, I've had some time to think about it. I think it's that photography doesn't have to be all that you do. I think you can have a career in the media and have photography as you know, one of the sort of the the aces up your sleeve that doesn't have to be, you know, the actual thing that makes you money and then you can do it for fun. So a lot of my really most of my work is actually copywriting and digital marketing and social media and type things. And actually going out and taking the photos is the fun bit and I really enjoy it and I'm lucky that it's part of my job. But I certainly wouldn't be able to do it five days a week. So mm. um yeah, I've, I've probably not answered that very well, but <laughs> well, no, I mean, more I was getting at like when you're going through the process of like starting out and taking photos, like, cause mm. it seems to me and, and I'm sure you guys will agree with this. There's like every man whose dog has picked up a camera and made a Facebook photography page and calling themselves yes. a photographer, right? Mm. Um, which is something that I've really tried to avoid doing. Um, I've never claimed myself to be photographer or set up a luke's photography page or at luke jackson photography at luke jackson (laughs) photography at luke jackson sports photography or you know whatever it is yeah um and uh yeah i don't know like is 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 there something in that of like i guess you know some advice that you would give yourself or you know because you you did that quite early on like you, Mm. you know but you did it in a different way. You were more creating a blog and doing things. I think part of it that I see is is um, a lot of people really just like dumping everything that they possibly mm. can on a, on a page and, and I guess that kind of, it takes all the artistic side of, of look, photography out of it, I think. Look, fair, fair, fair okay, there's, there's two points to that. There, there is a market for that and there are people that want that service. So so if you're going out to a track day or, or a race or a show, mm-hmm. there are people at that track day who do want to buy photos of their car on the track, which, you know, and, and you can make money from that. So so that's, that you know, it's not really what I enjoy doing, but that is, there is a use for that. So that, that does exist. I would say that you just, I think as long as you, you're getting something out of it, you're getting paid. So, and, and, I think really recently I've come to realize that you don't actually need to get paid in money. Like with photography, you can very easily get paid in experiences. And it's kind of, you know, we, I started any given reason back when I first started, because very quickly I kind of worked out that you don't get to do cool stuff until you're published. And since I'm not experienced enough to be published, I might as well just publish myself. <laughs> and then, I like you know, it. happy days. And, but no, but it actually worked. It actually worked. And and suddenly, you know, I didn't earn any money from the blog. I invested a hell of a lot of time into it. I invested most of my early 20s into it. Didn't earn a cent from it. But met some incredible people, got to do some very cool things that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. And so in hindsight, I was like, yeah, actually, I got paid for that work, you know, I, I got to do some really cool things. So, yeah, it's probably just making sure that you're getting paid in a way that's either cash or it's experience or it's fun or it's whatever is important to you. Um, but, yeah, once again, I've not answered the question. So. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Close. I feel like I'm an exam. You're the moderator. It's not quite what we were looking for, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a C+. Um, 
would you now here's a bit more of a technical one would you recommend mm. a aslr or a mirrorless for a first camera for someone starting out someone who's like so someone comes up to you mm. and says hey andrew you're a great photographer what do i get i know nothing about it i want to start doing it what do i do i think i'll i'm i'll give my thoughts and i'm really interested to hear, interested to hear alistair's on this as well mm. I think mirrorless. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, you Why joined of your own free will. Yeah, you're right. I did. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. No, but, um, I I think mirrorless is undoubtedly the future. I think that's why it's going. Um, I think whichever platform you choose, I think it's important that you you learn the foundations of of photography and what you're actually doing which means shooting in manual as painful as it is from day one leaving it in manual mode and don't and don't touch it so you actually understand what the camera is doing um you need to understand that when you change you know aperture priority what does that actually mean what's that doing when you change iso when you change shutter speed like how is that actually affecting and then even if you do go on to shoot in auto, auto mode later at least you kind of understand what the camera is doing back to the point about choosing if you're in the second hand marker i've done this myself there's some really great deals to be had on traditional dslr type stuff at the moment because all of you know everyone's jumping to mirrorless um there are there are precisely no deals to be had on mirrorless at the moment because it's the hot ticket so if you cruise facebook marketplace and gumtree and the various mm -hmm. dealers you can pick up some very very good dslr camera gear for really not much money so i think if you're someone looking to jump in and not invest a huge amount of money up front picking up a secondhand pro body is the way to go at the moment. Wait, so that's the only Andrew, reason. did you did you buy your D ninety new, or did you buy that second hand? Yeah, I bought it new. I bought it new, and I bought my D seven fifty new too. But yeah. I just picked up this this D four, which is kind of you know my second body at the moment. Good. It's five years old, but it's basically the Kalishnikov of the camera world. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I paid what was this? This was a four or five thousand pound body four years new, ago yeah new and i paid 700 pounds from a dealer with a 12-month warranty so like <laughs> yeah. yeah that's my argument there cameras are cheaper in the uk though as well True. like trying to find True. a d4 down here for that much is 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 pretty hard work um happy to ship yeah yeah like like d4s people still asking a couple to three depending on shutter count yeah um it's still quite just a good quickly. camera. I mean, part of that as well is, is not focusing, I think, on, um, on, and we can get into lenses and bodies and stuff, but not focusing on just megapixel count as well. Like, oh, yeah. That's not like who, who needs to blow up a 30 foot picture? Like, <laughs> I don't know what the megapixel of Instagram is, but it ain't 30 megapixels. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say to that, Alistair? Um, I would say out of the features that you get, you'll need to learn the foundations of it. Um, also the fact that not, not as a blanket statement, but generally SLRs have worse dynamic range, which sort of force you to learn proper exposure rather than doing the Instagram thing of shooting three stops below and bloody putting the shadows up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so three three stops just for people who might not know we've all been guilty of that <laughs> <laughs> look i mean I, I'll, I'll get back to the stops but um yeah. I, I say this but then uh, of course on the weekend i'm not sure if anyone else has seen but mark riccone's um 
stuff out of the Nurburgring 24 hour and you need dynamic range for that. Like, but his night stuff is, I mean, if you want to know how to do dynamic range, that's an absolute masterclass. It's not ever done. Super interrupt. What you mean by dynamic range is the difference between shadows, like light and shadows. So yeah. So, I mean, what I touched in, in the last podcast and everyone should be tuning in every week and take down (laughs) notes so they know exactly what I said, um, (laughs) (laughs) is that, yeah, it's the ability. I mean, yeah, it's the ability of a camera to um, capture both detail in the shadows and the dark things and the light things. Um, so as as um, everyone's done, they probably focused on something in what they think is a well-exposed scenario and then either the sky's blown out or the shadows are, are completely dark. Um, and that's because it doesn't have the dynamic range and cameras don't quite see as well as our eyes do. So uh, the trick is to make photos and make cameras see as well as our eyes do um but it's a it's a thin line between overdoing it um and also it changes how you shoot so a lot of these mirrorless cameras these days come out with insane dynamic range which is fantastic um but it also means that if you learn off that base and you think that everything that you shoot is savable i think that's not going to help you in the long run so starting off with the worst camera with the training wheels, something that's really going to punish you if you get it wrong, make it noisy, blown out, whatever. Um, and then you can learn, use that to learn the basics while it is being cheaper and stuff. And then you can go into the Instagram bait dynamic range, making me feel jealous that my camera doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember actually um, trying to uh, early days with the D80, trying to shoot moving car stuff with a kit lens and, just trying to get things to focus or like mm. try to track properly and get light and exposure done properly and everything yeah. just because you can't fire off 100, 100 shots while the car's going past. You can fire off two, maybe three <laughs> if you're lucky. So, so interesting point. Uh, just a comment, Martin Gallard mm. is good good Fiat friend. Uh, yep. So a shout out to, to Fiat people, which we must acknowledge uh, when they, they get involved. Um, I always thought better car images come from people who actually also do some sort of motorsport themselves. Maybe something to do with knowing what they would like their car to be captured. So they kind of understand. I've definitely seen that with rallying. Um, I mm. think not, I would not call myself an experienced co-driver in any sense of the imagination, but I have done a couple of gravel events and you kind of know to some degree what the car's likely to do like over a jump or a rock or is this going to unsettle the car is it not um so for rallying it i think it definitely helps pick positions because you kind of understand you know maybe you might come into a stretch of road that looks gnarly and you just instantly know that everyone's going to be driving at six tenths because it's just too spicy so yeah rallying definitely track stuff from all resident- cars three-wheeling <laughs> <laughs> Knowing where a car's going to three-wheel is, is helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say def- definitely. Um, it doesn't hurt, let's put it that way. doesn't hurt, yeah. Mm. Um, mm. It's, good, it's a good point. Um, I think on a... I think if we if we take this away from a pure photography section and we put it into, like, also, you know, an interesting social media feed and, and a sort of like a photojournalism aspect, I think having an understanding of how motorsport events run, what the different officials and who's involved and what their functions are makes it easier to get access 
because you know who to talk to if you want to go and do something that's maybe a little bit on the edge. I looked at, you know, J- Jason Fong, who we've had on the podcast too. Jason started racing himself recently, you know, with the goal of doing the Spa six so hours. Jealous. I know. So, so much I know. <laughs> But I definitely, I definitely say that that his photography will benefit from that because I'm sure that the contacts he will make with now with competitors and teams who also view him as a driver and sort of not an equal, but you know what I mean? As someone who kind of understands what they're doing as well, I think a hundred percent that makes you a better photographer in terms of knowing where to be and when to be there. And, you know, seeing what the car's doing in a race, are they going to pit? Is the car sliding around? You know, those sorts of things. Yeah. I think it definitely does. So. Mm. Luke, just going Mm. back to your other point. Mm. um, Yeah. Uh, about uh, shutter speed and stuff and, could, and frames per second. Yeah. Um, I, I've been very, very lucky to be on the the, um, the Canons for ages with the sort of motorsport bodies and stuff, 1Ds and stuff, and you get very used to a really good um, frames per second. And then I took my Canon D800 to Car Week and I tried panning there and I was just affronted at how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the B- yeah, I was on the Pacific Coast Highway, just going, "What is this nonsense? I said, I can't get anything." <laughs> oh, if anyone's wondering why I don't post too many pictures of the PCA, which is big, <laughs> I was wrestling with some camera issues. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, I remember like vividly being out at Malala and just being at local track day stuff, and just you know because you get how many hundreds of laps of cars going past mm. and it'd be like, you know, maybe one in every 10 or 20 I'd hit and I'd get it sharp and I'd get it clear and doing and the car behaving how I want it to behave and, and everything like that. Whereas now with newer stuff, it's, you know, almost every time someone goes past out of the 10 you shoot, you're guaranteed to get one that'll be usable. Mm. Um, so for, yeah, you know, learning what effects shutter speed and exposure and iso and you know Mm. even just what the lenses will do in those situations having having a bit you know not as good equipment is 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 really handy and just really getting you to hone your skills i think i think really good place like understanding how the camera works is crucial because i think in it you know when you come to take a photo and alistair correct me if i'm wrong but and luke too you have a mental picture of what you're trying to do and it's kind of like cooking a meal. I'm a shit cook. So I'm terrible, you know, terrible example, (laughs) but it's like, you want to cook a meal. You need to know what ingredients you need to kind of put into that to get the result you want. And taking a photo is the same. It's like you, you, you want to pan, you want to freeze frame, you want to capture motion, you want to capture a face, you want to, whatever you want to do, you kind of need to understand how the camera works. And for example, if you set it to auto mode and try and take your photo, you're not going to get, what what you want so having that understanding of how the camera works so what you need to change to, to get that result and working back from sort of the finished image in your head to kind of you know getting hopefully as close as you can in your actual picture to your kind of your dream yeah. I, I think you need that foundation so. so what is some of it andrew what do you mean? Some of <laughs> well, what are, what are the what are the key things? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What what okay. are, what are, what, are some, what are some continue? What are what are some of the things that you focus on when you're taking a picture? Okay, first is obviously, are you gonna? I think are you gonna freeze it, or you know, and this depends on your circumstance and where you are. Are you gonna freeze it, or are you gonna gonna 
pan it if it's moving. Um, if it's parked up, you've you've it's a bit of an easy choice because it's it's obviously stopped. You Let's can always run moving. by it. Just for the... You could always do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pan so that out. <laughs> So let's assume it's moving. Um, I, I tend to go if it's a bit of a crappy background and it's not that great and it's, you know, big, open, wide racetracks are often pretty boring places to shoot. So try and try and just slow it down as much as possible and get as much blur to kind of in, enhance that speed and kind of make it look like it's going through this this area. If it's, if it's a good backdrop, if it's a rally or if it's a really, you know, atmospheric circuit, you might want to consider sort of freezing it to... To, to sort of show you that the detail in the background obviously if it's if you've got the zoom and it's motorsport and you want to capture that wheel lift or if you think there's a chance that there's going to be you know an opening lap tangle and someone's going to you know and you want to freeze that then obviously you need to sort of set the camera up so it's kind of making those decisions um if it's static i then usually use depth of field um which is the you know basically how blurry the background is or not to sort of decide well is the background nice or is it not nice and if it's a bit of a boring background i'll usually kind of go the hipster route of a pretty pretty open you know low f-stop to kind of blur the background i see Alistair <laughs> shaking his head <laughs> but if it's a nice if it's a nice backdrop and it's a um, hipster <laughs> <laughs> with his leather camera strap and all <laughs> oh, andrew gashu coming in <laughs> <laughs> no but i don't know I don't know. Not all backgrounds are worthy of, of being shared, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, but it's making that, that, that choice before you even pick the camera up, you know, do you, do you want to blur it out? Do you want to show the background? I mean, sometimes it's an amazing car or you have to shoot it, you know, find you, you know, you have to take a photo of something and it's just in a really crappy location. You can't move it. So, and you have to shoot it. So blur mm. away, but um, obviously Either that or choice, you make it look like you meant it to look like that. That's a lot harder than it looks. Nah, you just just edit some stupid things into it. <laughs> actually, actually, that's a really interesting point. Is editing like um, yeah in in Andrew's yeah. show notes? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like a, a natural light versus Photoshop type of thing. Like, you know, what I uh, guess it's you know how much does that influence what you're taking and and what you're going and how much does that blur the line between photography and art as well prolific you know it's ah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> go nuts alistair if you want yeah andrew's all about the rant <laughs> um it's well i mean once it comes to photoshop largely it's down to being asked to do that unless you're Unless you're learning to do it and doing it for the purposes of education, it's you, usually you don't do too many studio shoots for your own personal enjoyment because they are a lot of work. Um, mm. Not saying that they're not fun and they don't have their own challenges, but generally, yeah, it's it, it's a lot easier to rattle off event photography and make it look really nice than than um studio stuff because there's just way more work so you just don't see it as often but again i'm saying really obvious things here so <laughs> yeah. no but you know you know what to, to us it's obvious but i think to a lot of people it's it's maybe not so obvious that actually there is a lot of work goes into a lot of the stuff that you see on the pages of wheels whereas some guy with his instagram page it's it's a different thing it, it's not the same yeah but his followers are doing bits so you just got to respect the game don't you <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. yeah 
but 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 then I I think once again it comes back to that you know before you even pick the camera up what are you trying to achieve here are you mm. trying to and I, I'm not against people with Instagram pages like people like you know Ted Gashu it's once again it's putting yourself in those situations and it's is the goal of your photography to to have experiences and to meet people and use your photography to go and do things that you otherwise couldn't do which I think Ted is doing and in that case he's absolutely killing the game or is your goal to shoot the most clinically perfect studio photography and have a feature in a national magazine but and they're two very different challenges <laughs> or or is your goal to take a photo of every single car at cars and coffee that is also a challenge it's a, i can't That's do that a hard thing i can't do that and the people destroy you if you don't get it all i know yeah response to that. andrew did have yeah. a response andrew andrew did have an andrew rant mm. to a person who it wasn't a rant you haven't seen a rant <laughs> Uh, Wait, which cars and uh, coffee so was is, this? Was this an yeah, Australian yeah, yeah. one? So in, yeah, yeah. Adelaide, um, somebody makes commented. it even worse because I wasn't even there. Anyway. <laughs> How could you, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Andrew uh, replied to a person's comment that was complaining their, their car wasn't one of the featured, one of the hundred and something pictures that were on this page. Try and drive a better car. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a cool car. Tell you what, if you rock up in a 996 GT1 Strassen version, you're going to get shot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but once again, it comes, it, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm the, one of the bad habits I'm trying to avoid is I tend to, at those events, take photos of the cars that I like and I don't take photos of the cars that I personally don't like. It's just. Yeah, but are, habit, you being asked, you know? are you being asked to yeah, shoot correct. every car no. there? No, no. That was my point that, that no photography is obligated unless they're being paid and engaged to cover every car that was there. Nobody's obligated to do it. But I look, once again, I think it just came from a lack of understanding. I think that these people just didn't understand that actually these, you know, people take photos of stuff they like. And if you know, you don't take photos of yeah. stuff that's not your personal yeah. taste if you're not no, being paid. So yeah, you see it with motorsport as you as you pointed out you know people um i'm, I'm part of a motorsport photography page and there are different different well, people in different markets exhibiting their wares and and sometimes there's a lack of understanding and, and sometimes some guy will just put up a you know 50 pictures of essentially the same photo it's just the car's different but to me that's the same photo it's the same corner it's the same hundred. <laughs> oh. which which group are we can we name group no no, no, this is this is not no no. This is a good group. It's not. It's, I'm not saying okay. the group's bad. Um, is this the motorsport photography page? I think it could be. Okay, no, no, <laughs> um, I've got a different. And right one. now they're doing sort of hashtag competitions. It's actually yes. quite fun. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no. This, but, this, but you a... do get some people in there going, "Look at this shot I took," and I'm like, "Mate, I don't want to say it, but that's <laughs> just an ordinary photo." Every, everyone yeah. very polite on there. I've found. Very yeah, polite. no, it, yeah. it does kick off. I remember. Look, I, I've got a bit of a weird style sometimes and I put up a photo oh, years ago and it was the back of a BMW M1 charging down um, the straight. But I, I was in a stage and I still haven't really gotten out of it where I was just going out of my way to put anything and everything in front of the subject. And <laughs> so it was one of these sort of abstract things. I think it was a very yeah. landscape crop and and um, yeah. there was a dude's head in front of the front of the car. So all you can <laughs> see is the back of it. Quite artist. I don't mind. I mean, I look, I look back at it sometimes going, did that really happen? It did. And I went to bed and, and I woke up. And I'm going to find this. Things, had, <laughs> things kicked off to the point where some guy like got blocked 
And like all these people started coming to my aid. I was asleep at the time, blissfully unaware of what was going on on this battleground on Facebook. And um, I guess, I mean, I'm not one of those people who is really confrontational like that, but the mm. hate made me do it more. I was like, yeah, yeah. I want to be the guy who really questions what's going on and, and makes people angry that half of the car isn't visible. Because if everyone <laughs> takes pictures of, you know, the car being... I mean, I'm saying this as a car photographer, but yeah, carry can on. I request that you do that on my Instagram, please? I'd like your honest opinion. Just be brutal. Just, just be like me. Nah. Yeah, yeah. No, lay it down. Lay I it down. Like sort of like midnight beers with the tour of the box. Right? <laughs> also, you've, you've offered me accommodation in England. I'm not about to shit where I eat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just said more there than. <laughs> I'm be very, you're going to be very polite. <laughs> Andrew, that's uh, amazing. No, I like I like your film stuff. I thought the the stuff from your ho holiday um, in the box uh, was great. Oh, uh, thank you. No, 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 but actually, I think on that pushing for life, mate. Page, what are you doing? <laughs> I think um, the stuff on the motorsport photography page, actually, when you see no comments, I think that's almost worse, you know, because yeah. everyone's like, nah, I'm not getting involved in that. Yeah, <laughs> you, do get, you get people from, uh, I don't know, it's like a lot of Scandinavian countries for some reason. You get these sort of older guys who it's the first time that they've seen the effects on Photoshop and they chuck everything at it. And usually, I mean, there was one or two that were really offensive, like really, really bad. And they're left for about a day or two and then someone just goes um what were you trying to achieve here <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> uh, can I perhaps add some direction to this <laughs> yeah but i mean like Actually, for for example on this on this I, page some of the good things like you know this guy's con i've sh shot some drift stuff and i've done some things i'm about to go and do mm. A rally you know what do i need to know and it's, it's a know, great page people I'm have not, gone I'm like not yeah, page. safety is. yeah but i mean there, yeah there's yeah but so the one other thing is it, it is a melting pot so i i had to bring it up because yeah there are different yeah. i mean there's motorsport photography and there's motorsport photography and i had to bring it up but, yeah. <laughs> the, anyway the, carry the on worst, i was just gonna say the worst one on that there's there's a, a facebook group around um rallying tarmac rallying in australia and it's like, it's actually, it's a competitor one. It's not, not a photographer's one. So it's very informative. It's actually really interesting. People sharing updates with their cars and stuff like that. But there was a guy who went to Targa Great Barrier Reef. And I think he shot super wide angle of a corner, like a 180 degree hairpin, really, really wide. And it was like a GoPro or something because it's just freezed the car in four different shots, like approaching, soon, uh, going away. And I reckon for weeks now, no, months now, he's been posting in this group like four photos. It's great. The positivity is great. So I'm not really shooting the guy because, you know. Is it the same I, photo? It's exactly the same photo of every different, no, four photos of every different car in the event at the same corner oh. from the same, just, just bang, 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 for months on end. And I actually just unfollowed notifications in the end because it was just <laughs> getting too much. I was like, oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, brief is good. Brief is good. <laughs> don't, don't anyway. be considerate about what you're posting or putting up. Mm. Oh, I am always. Mm. Mm. Another note: gear, buying stuff, starting out. Whoa, that that got heavy. Oh, <laughs> different gear. <laughs> different, gear. <laughs> different gear. One of the best. I mean, lockdown. Are, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> One of the um the best things, Andrew, I think you bought and I bought when we were starting out was 
that little puppy. Nifty 50. Nifty 50. Mm-hmm. Still got mine here. Nifty 50. For people yep. who have Nikon, it's a 50 mil 1.8. Work full Canon frame. Two. Canon 2, get them too. But what was, these are like, what, $150? 150 bucks. Yeah. Can I just point out that I, I had a Nifty 50 as well, but because my Nikon D60 was not one of the cool kids, and you guys will not understand this because you had the cool cameras, <laughs> um, that my D60 ran on a system where the focusing server yeah. was in the lens. Yeah, yeah. And so I bought a Nifty 50 <laughs> thinking this will be great and then trying yeah. to... And also yeah. because the viewfinder itself was cropped. So you, you really had to rely on autofocus and then try yeah. to bang that out with 1.8. I, I I was very slow to uh, understand the appeal of a Nifty 50. So, when you guys are probably loving it. Oh, we were <laughs> loving it. Um, no, but no, the, My D, life. <laughs> the, the, the D80 and D90 were crop bodies too. So, you know, don't. Yeah, but did you have the servo on the lens or in the boat? No, no, they were, they were, they were poor people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have that. Um, so to, also to give you like a bit of a, a heads up too, just while we're talking about stuff, um, the difference between a full frame and a crop body, what we're talking about with that is the difference. In, oh, it's hard to see because there's not much light. But basically it's the size of the sensor that's inside of there. So mm. if I actually had some better light, I could show you. I might be able to do that. Yeah, so so essentially, it's it's the film that's it's the digital version of film. It's a digital right? version, digital of, the version film. of film, and yeah. obviously, the bigger it is, the more light it's receiving and recording. The bigger your images and the more detailed your images, but the more expensive it is to produce. So your smaller cameras are are usually what they call a crop sensor, which means the actual image sensor is what two thirds the size thereabouts. Yeah. Um, is that the same in in the, the land of mirrorless? Do they still do a crop sensor in a full frame? And a full sensor in mirrorless, or is that? Yeah, a... it's a phone, isn't it? <laughs> it's a phone, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I don't no, know. Sorry, that sounds really spiteful towards mirrorless. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Please don't hate me. It's the phone that doesn't make calls. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, the phones are getting pretty good. Yes and no. Yeah. They yes and no. The phones are getting good. Hang on, Andrew, elaborate. <laughs> I'm, running the, I'm running the show now. <laughs> no, no, I do. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I got this. Well, I don't know. I hate phones. I don't care. Maybe that's my problem. So I got this Instagrammer. iPhone. <laughs> I got this iPhone of 10, 11, whatever it is. With the three lenses. Yeah, it's like a three. X. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, no, I can't remember what they're up to. But anyway, I was like, yeah. And to be fair, it is, it is very good. It, it is very good. But it's not a patch on. Obviously, it's not a replacement for a proper camera. It will definitely suffice. You know, I mean, I was lucky enough to have a bit of a lap around um, the Vista test track in an O2, you know, at speed at an event a couple of weeks ago, and there was zero chance of taking a camera in to get photos inside there. So having the phone to just sort of sneakily pop out and some stuff was really good. And it was good for that. It was really good. But I still don't think it's it's not even close to a replacement of a proper lens in the creative aspects. Of oh, it's not a replacement. Like it's... It's a good addition to have, but don't think you can just get a phone and and you can it is as good as a, it is good for that moment when you've gotten you, you don't have your gear on you and you're like yeah I need to get this picture I'm out I've for a run there. everyone's been and there. you and you see the F40 stopped up at the pub and you're like oh this is amazing just That's Cambridge things <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I've only seen a blow event at the pub not an F40 so. Anyway, but yeah, that's what phones are good for, but not as a replacement for 
The annoying thing for me is um, generally with the workflow, uh, I'll shoot something and it'll be insane and I'll be losing my mind and I'll take a photo, uh, not only just to document it on my phone, but also to, to have a bit of a head start in terms of grading, how I want it to look and stuff. Mm. And sometimes those will sneak onto Instagram before the photos. And I'll, I'll do this tactfully compared to whatever publication, whatever car, and make sure it's not embargoed. No, everything like that. Yep. <laughs> and um it's happened multiple times where everyone loses their mind thinking that's the photo and i'm like no <laughs> no, 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 no no it's coming, it's coming oh my the god how's <laughs> yeah exactly there's that um there was a mclaren gt next to the beach and stuff and everyone's like oh my god i can't believe you took such a great photo and i'm like it's not my camera it's just a phone so i mean it's it's down to i think editing and also working around the phone's limitations if you know that your phone doesn't have very good mm. um very good dynamic range one of the tips that i will impart onto people is instantly to zoom in on the phone even though it perhaps takes away the res it's incredibly obvious straight away to know what's being shot on the phone due to the focal length so if you can stand back a bit mm. and perhaps zoom in and make it look a bit more telephoto um, all of a That's sudden, a very good tip. all of a sudden, you're throwing people off the send. Yeah. Uh, and now with car, uh, phones, sorry, with um, two and three cameras, where they've got a dedicated telephoto and dedicated wide angle, um, it's mm. it's a good thing to have. That's a good. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. That's you know, Alice, you <laughs> made me almost eat my own words here because um, I've humble just contradicted oh. myself um, because I've just realised that when you said about shooting, you know, a phone shot from a shoot what you're just describing is time and place is you've put the effort in to get yourself in front of the right car in the right location with the right light and then you've taken a photo of it with your phone so Only really because work... i've got it in backup on exactly exactly but also because you're doing capable. it for a proper shoot yeah but, but no but what you what you're saying there is is that the lion's share of the effort into making that photo actually is in all of the pre-work before you even picked up a camera yeah so and that's why that phone photo is good because you didn't just see an Aston and go, oh, cool, an Aston. No, no, You've no. put the effort in to find yeah. a location, to scout it, to frame it, to set it up, to do all that. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe wasn't phones do that, have their place. I mean, uh, look, I might have unfollowed him. He might have just gone off my feed. But wasn't there that German guy who liked old BMWs who mm, used to reckon that he that shot guy. nothing but on his phone? And I never used mm. to believe it because it never looked like a phone pic. I never used to believe it either. <laughs> um, but, that's, uh, that's like that, the dude that does the matchbox in front of the real car thing. Surely that's photoshopped. Yeah. How no, does he do that? I've, I've seen him, I'm fairly sure. Oh, really? How does he, yeah, he's, he's, he's how does he have a van. Does he carry like a big box of. <laughs> yeah, he's just the guy with the matchbox cars everywhere. The problem is. What's, what's his a, name? Let's, let's find him. I want to bring him up. Actually. But no, if, actually if, you reckon, if you reckon he's got a van, though, the problem is that they're only going to stay where they are in one on one axis as soon as he goes around the corner they're just going to be rolling all over <laughs> or, or otherwise if it's straight up and down so you've got to pack them quite tightly but you know actually that look that's a really good point you, you know if we're if we're talking photographers tips about before you even pick the camera up it's actually just find a niche and and pick it up like if you just go to cars and coffees and stuff that's not a niche but Having a photography niche of taking a photo of it, like a Hot Wheels car in front of a real car, maybe not like that, but but finding a niche like that is what people really like. Or to having see. a recurring aesthetic. Yeah. Like a lot of finding these cutting pages where um, you only shoot side profiles a bit pointing to the right and you make sure you take about five steps away from the car so they're all mm. the same. And then the same. 
you know, one shot in isolation doesn't look great, but once you start seeing the feed and the tiles, you go, yeah, this is mm. this is great. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely something to that. Mm. So I still reckon it's fake. That guy has to be fake. There's no way. The hot wheels. The hot wheels. Do you guy. remember? Luke? And if you're Who's listening, been... um, you can come on Sportscast. Yeah. Right, <laughs> please, and, please do. Uh... Let us know. Please do. I remember. We spent like an hour analyzing uh, a photo once, trying to figure yeah. out. I was convinced that, that was light's different to that shot. light, and then yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it is. I tend to believe I don't think it is. After all of that time, I, I tend to think it actually is legit. Um, you I think he's done have... my friend's car. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, he had a white. Uh, sorry, a yellow three hundred ZX um, at Cars and Coffee, and I'm fairly sure he. For some, I don't know how he had a. <laughs> 300, sorry, yellow 300ZX sort of about his person. <laughs> sort of marches into Carson Coffee with this yellow car going, I'm going to find it. I'm just, pic just, just picturing like walking around everywhere. Going, Where is it? Where, Where is it? <laughs> nah, I'm just picturing this, this grown man that's kind of has the enthusiasm of Luke's son um, with one of those, you know, those Hot Wheels stackers the kids have that have like a hundred in the little garages. <laughs> <laughs> Good bloody luck. <laughs> you need to send that to me. I've got more chance for that. Um, yeah, thanks. But man. yeah, cheers. Well, I just started rubbing. Hey, hey, invitation's open. Yeah, that's why I'm not saying bad things about your photo. No, no quarantining for people from Australia in the mm. UK. Even, even Victoria. Mate, Australia is better than the UK. <laughs> no, no, no. Like even beer. Yeah, but is there any quarantining coming from Australia to UK no. right now? No. So I no. have to quarantine when I go to Sydney, yeah, but not England. Because statistically, the entirety of the UK is like five or six times worse than Melbourne is. So oh, you're yeah, still coming right. from a much better place than... I mean, I think then there's the government exemptions. You need to prove to the government why you need to leave the country. So that's... that's reasons. <laughs> Hot Wheels cars. You know, Want to find a <laughs> trying to find a 935. Exactly. <laughs> Surely, surely you could subcontract some form of photography work in the UK, Andrew. Yeah, we'll give you a job, mate. <laughs> won't pay very well, but we'll give you a job. Yes. Got a job to come to. Hundred percent. We actually could. Uh, we actually could do that. Totally. Let's <laughs> talk here, offline. Not, not here, not now. Let's talk <laughs> offline. <laughs> but um, yeah. So just trying to think. What else have we got to um? I, I thought your comment. Sorry, in Andrew's comments, something about. And this is talking about the whole Instagram page doing something is like, I guess, uh, sticking with your strengths with it as well. Uh, mm. Yes, but it's good to branch out because a lot of people's strengths are similar. Mm. As in shallow like depth the, the, the fact field. that you guys are... Um, <laughs> There's not an emphatic response to that makes me think I've said something. No, no, no. I'm considering it. I, I'm considering your point that you're exactly right, that that a lot of the things that I'm terrible at are hard and therefore so are a lot of other photographers are not very good at them either. I mean, not, not raining on anyone's parade, but you see a lot of uh, Instagrammers these days do edits and I, I personally I don't like edit as, a, as, as that's used in that sense but um, what, what do you mean edit elaborate uh, almost like a release almost like a musical release it's an edit i'll oh, check out these sick edits mm, right and i'm like no it's a photo that you've edited it's a photo <laughs> check out these sick photos i okay. and <laughs> yeah and it's like i always thought the goal of photography was to make the editing 
as unnoticeable as possible. So you want well, to make it so... Yeah, look, I, I can get to that in two seconds, but mm. sorry. Um, <laughs> but you get a lot of these Instagrammers who either have stumbled across presets or they've developed their own presets, and you could you could conceivably say that their strength is editing. But mm. as soon as you see 10 and they've all got the same teal sky and, you know, ready greens and all this other stuff, saying stuff that basically you could just find on my Instagram, so I don't know why I'm shooting myself in the foot here. Um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, in that sense, um, it's hard to differentiate uh, between them until, you know, one of them maybe does a film look or makes something look fuzzy or, you know, does something slightly mm. different. But a lot of these people who consider their strengths as just static shots and then a sick edit over the top is not mm. enough differentiation that's not to say that's not a worthy point of photography i don't want anyone knocking at my inbox no it's a it's a skill like it's definitely a skill but um but the interesting um case study to your other point is dean smith um Mm. someone i always look up to but his his earlier Mm. stuff um he always said he wants to make the photo look like it's not edited but it's just you know a fantastic image yeah. Um, and now I'm not sure if it's if, if he's um, picked up a mirrorless camera with lots of dynamic range or whatever. <laughs> um, but his his um, his editing is looking or his toning is a lot more dynamic these days. Um, mm. So yeah, it's it's not always to make a photo look well unedited or, or perfect, but it's sometimes as I I think I mentioned before to to create mood as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I remember actually Jordan Butters is a good follower on Instagram too, and he had a story the other day which was about like, um, check out this this sick edit, and he's like, oh no, wait, I just get it right in camera. That's right. <laughs> then you don't need to add motion blur if you like. You actually just shoot it in focus with motion yeah. blur. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, but this is the beautiful. Th- but the beautiful thing about photography, it is, it's like a house party. Everyone brings their own individual flavour to the party. <laughs> There's always that one guy uh, who's abusing one guy. stuff in the corner, just chatting no, to the dog, and that's it. <laughs> no, but it's like everyone brings their their um their their individual talents and skills, and some people are good at flash, and some people are good at real heavy digital, and some people are good at you know, and yeah, and Instagram profits from it. So <laughs> anyway, we don't want to finish like that. One thing I want to raise, and I was going to say this to Luke, but now that you're gracing us with your presence, I can say this too. I think the thing that sets true professionals apart, you mentioned Dean Smith. I've mentioned Jordan Butters, who have met a couple of times, lovely guy, but I've been following his work quite closely. Mm. Um, Jason, who, who was on the podcast, you guys who who are actually, you know, photographers in, in the, the truest sense of the word, I think that what sets a true professional apart is that the breadth of skills in multiple different aspects are very strong. So I know a lot of people who are very, very good at one particular thing, you know, a studio or racing, motorsport, rally, or, or, you know, event or all these sorts of things. But the guys who can be very strong in a studio and can then go and shoot car to car and can then go to an event and can shoot motorsport and can do all of these things and wrap it up as, you know, and be equally strong. That's what sets, I think, a, like an actual photographer apart from a, from a, a, a skilled hobbyist or a skilled amateur. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think anyway. 
I mean, you're challenging my modesty to, to agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but seriously, I mean, imagine turning up to, you know, when you've, you've you turned up the wheels in day one and you're like, great, I'm the best no. XYZ. <laughs> and like, cool. not. We, we booked a studio and there's an 812 in there. And you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I remarkable you know, similar to actually what happened. I think I saw an 812 in the studio on day three of me starting the <laughs> Oh, but funnily enough, everyone was looking at the turbo taxi that was behind it with a sort of <laughs> turbo chart. Yeah, anyway. Close my eyes and start mashing buttons and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I agree with you. Um, and I think, I, again, it's hard not to touch on things about photography that I've, I've said in past podcasts. Mm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's um, you've got to be good at everything. And what you see of ours on Instagram is not even 10% of what we produce, what we deliver, let alone, you know, what we shoot on the day. Um, and shooting that sort of creamy golden hour stuff, that natural light stuff that people set out, you know, out of a German town to go into a wheat field at, you know, six or seven in the evening in summer is just not how we function because... Not only do we have to get a, a creamy shot of a 250 GTB Luso, we then have to do interior shots, engine shots, action shots, wheel shots. And not only do they have to be artistic, they also have to have some element of description because readers just want to know what it looks like. Um, mm. So, yeah, definitely you've got to be good at lots of things. You can't just be good at one one thing unless you're an incredibly fortunate photographer who has based a complete network and has built their career out of one thing and is extremely good at it. You know, retouches, studio people doing advertorial stuff. They're in the big bucks and, you know, they're, they're flying high and their work is amazing. And I've seen a lot of people who are very good at that sort of thing uh, and not so great at other aspects of automotive photography but it doesn't really matter because they've always you know got it to fall back on so again you've got to be agile as is the uh the motto for 2020 um but at the same time if you've really um you've really established yourself in one genre you you can get away with a bit but yeah you generally where i am at least especially for editorial you're asked to do a wide breadth of things um, and I think I mentioned also before that um, one of the parts of our, well, my my job interview was shooting not only a car but also a person within a, a short space of time, and that's because we do portraiture as well. So um, yeah, there's there's aspects, and you've got to be yeah, you you have to have a breadth of skill, that's for sure. And I think from from my point of view, you know, as I sort of said, I don't shoot all the time, but. I think for me, it's actually, you know, I was sort of chatting to Luke about this. It's And, you know, maybe this is some, you know, uh, I guess for people that want to do it as a job, you don't have to be a full-time photographer, but it's like working out, okay, what is your client's end goal? Because most of the time, my clients don't actually want photos. They want a social media feed. They want an email newsletter. They want like a spag bowl. We give me photos. I ask for for lunch, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But it's like they don't actually want photos. What what they really want is is you know marketing collateral, really. So so it's actually you know can you go well? How do my photos actually fit into what they really want and tune your skills around delivering something else that actually mm. meets that goal that allows you to get paid to take those photos, but then also feeds them into a product that's packaged and and you know delivered as something else so i think that's important as well so for sure definitely 100 mm. percent. on that note 
have I made it a whole podcast without my internet dropping out? Is this I think so. Think what, what happened? Did you get? Did you get? Did you get? I got NBN. I got NBN. And it works. But hang on, why don't I tell the story about a GT2 RS and then it'll cut me up again? And then... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I got it again. And one of the first things I thought of was, damn, I wish I had it like a month ago. Yeah. So, um, not looking like such easier. an idiot trying to <laughs> no. come in and out of that. Absolutely. You guys did so well with that, by the way. I saw. I watched that back to make sure no one was coming for me with pitchforks. I don't know. <laughs> I woke up the next morning going, did I say something? Did I like no, say like World no. War Three? Like, I don't, no, I don't no, know. No, and cool. also tell me if I've done that tonight because I'm no, I, no, 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 very enjoyable. Um, I think it's good to chat. Uh, oh, mate, you're so lovely. <laughs> we, need to, we need to do group group zoom beers again that was fun and we need to involve luke this yeah i'm 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 not sure my neighbors i have a shared wall there and i think i was like talking at normal volume to like 3 30 in the morning (laughs) so here's a question getting blotted talking about shitty peugeots so here's a question (laughs) what's more offensive if you're trying to sleep loud dance music or loud conversations about the virtues of like a Clio 182 versus a 205 GTI. 100% the latter because I'm actually trying to pay attention to what they're saying and probably getting quiled, quite riled up by what they're saying as well. I can zone that out. She's <laughs> bashing on the wall. No, no, no. No, no. From. Get Don't out of the white line springs in. <laughs> oh, softer springs, softer, not harder. Softer. Oh, guys, I'm so keen for my Persia. I know it's not to do with photography, but I'm so no, keen no, for no, we can, we can. Got a whole you know, thing. I was going to say it kind of is because at the end of the day, we're all involved in automotive photography because we like cars and it's a way of enjoying them and accessing them. So I think it's 100% valid. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no no it's it's gonna be great it's it's interesting um being in a in a media office where lots of people talk about cars and like cars and have valid opinions on cars and a lot of experiences with cars um you can park most things in the car park and someone won't like it like even the 991.2 gt3 someone was like "Eh." and i'm like are you serious like this car has basically fixed everything that was wrong with it it is the most amazing thing ever and you're saying it's wrong like how how dare you there's always someone like that you know gt2 two boy racer mclaren too fast too unhinged whatever you put you you bring the peugeot to work and that is Mm. one of the few cars that is everyone enjoys it same with my yeah. mates A86. Like there is something about old cars doesn't take doesn't cost too much money to get into them, and there is so much reward. Not that I buy it, you know, to get looked at, but it's just such mm. an you know to have mm. people that no one disagreeing with the car in the office is is a fantastic feeling. And that caliber of people who actually do know their shit too. Yeah, I sort of care about what they think, so I would have been really <laughs> hurt if, <laughs> if they're like, no, it's terrible. <laughs> sell it the editor of motor magazine just shakes his head and just walks away in disgust <laughs> well actually bless his the box. um he is well the car the car used to live at his house he's now the editor of wheels magazine as is the whole reschedule and my the mechanic that the peugeot is going to is within his 5k bubble 
<laughs> and it is not lost on me, especially as you know, looking back as a sixteen-year-old, desperately trying to get into magazines, that I've essentially got the editor of Wheels Magazine running my automotive errands. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to three-wheeler on the way back. He's gonna... well, he's he, look. I mean, the mechanic said I can I can drop it off at your house, and I'm like, mm -hmm. no, no, no I, I think he's really keen on picking it up because he doesn't have he's, he doesn't get out like no one does. <laughs> so I'm like, Dylan, do you want to drive my two hundred five? He'd be like, yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say yes to that as well. To be fair, I mean, I mean, yeah, very. I'm indebted to him for doing it. So, mm. so he's doing a yeah. massive favor. But mm. yeah, he's mm. getting something from the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, should we uh, stick a pin in it, as they say? I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Pop. Anyway, <laughs> stick a pin. Don't know. Balloon. Balloon. Maybe. In the I don't end it that quickly. <laughs> a gentle, gentle farewell. But anyway. So yeah, Sportscast Safari Podcast. Thank I you. hope that's been um, somewhat informative. I'm sure we've jumped all over the place and have focused on absolutely nothing. No, no, it's it's terrible. Um, but I hope that's yeah been at least a, a little bit um, informative. It's probably yeah. If you do have any questions, do uh, drop us a, a private message or comment on the photo. We'll do our best uh, to reply in a coherent, considered manner, which. <laughs> I have not done that tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. But in summary, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, mm. have a think about it. Just get something, start learning, ask questions, and get go out there and do it. Go out and do I it. Think. Yeah. Go and do it. Um, think about time and place. If you don't know what you're not right good at, you'll find that out soon enough if you go out there and do it. <laughs> and if you don't know, Alistair will jump in a Facebook group and tell you in short order. So. Unless you're offering your accommodation in another country, in which case... Everything is fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> thank you, boys. So, yeah. um, thank you, boys. We should just do the plug the pluggables. Yep. Sports Casafari at Sports Casafari, Instagram, Facebook. Issue four is in production now, launching at Adelaide Rally. We are going to just put this out there. Put our hands out no we won't put our hands out quite um we do have advertising space in issue four which will be distributed to every competitor at the adelaide rally uh which is quite a good opportunity to reach that really cool audience we will be sponsoring a stage at the adelaide rally mount lofty Ooh. stage sports car safari special stage there's be some trophies there'll be some a very we're thinking about luke had the idea for a high jump competition across the lofty jump um <laughs> might need some disclaimers if you ride off your car trying to win our, our cheap trophy <laughs> we're not liable um i'm coming in a 600 ford laser <laughs> <laughs> actually that'd be pretty good <laughs> so yeah so we're doing some cool things if you want to be a part of that uh and tag along uh yeah please do reach out we'd be very grateful for any sort of uh support to printing's not cheap as it turns out so yeah we'd be grateful for the help um thank you for tuning in luke hello alistair at Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm sorry I gate crashed. That's okay. It's fun. Always very surprised, Andrew. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't tell.